You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. It starts here on Samach Dalit Amid Aleph in Erevin, and this is, as you can see, we start from the Gufa. Okay, a strange place to start. It really is. Um, and, and I'm cheating here. But generally, gufa, whenever you see that, means a restatement of something that was brought in uh, in the previous text. So many times you might start with a Rebbe or someone, and he's going to start with gufa. And why is it gufa? I, I can only say it comes from the word, let's go back to the main body of what we were talking about. But there's an idea here that we want to explore. And I think this really is part of the method of what the Talmud does. The Talmud, uh, I call it Pandora's box sometimes, but what it is, this was brought in in the Gemara before, we didn't give it enough time. We're going to come back to it. And that's part of the method of learning as well. You touch the subject, it, it had a purpose in a previous context. Now let's go into a little bit the, the the idea a little bit more. That's usually what Gufa means. Uh, in this case, it does not happen. This is an exception. We do quote it, but we actually are going to spend most of what the Gemara does here once this is quoted, something which is tangential. And I want to talk about the that how the tangent occurs. So let's see. Gufa, Amar Rav Yehuda Amar Shmuel, Afilu schiro vafilu likito noten eruvo vidayo. Okay, so let's say I'm looking at this. I have no idea what this means. Let's say if if you open up this gemara, hmm, what is this referring to? So again, uh, it, what could a person do besides looking at art scroll or looking at safaria? Um, or, or or well, what they could do is see that this is Arifin. And there's something here about giving an Eruv. No saying Eruvo. You're giving your Eruv. What would that mean that you're giving your Eruv? I'm giving an Eruv. Now, so you, if you know a little bit of the history, if you know a little bit of the halacha, of the history of these pages and halacha, you know that Eruv doesn't just mean building a machitza. There's another thing called an Eruv called Eruvei Chatzerot which means that, which is what this Masechta is really talking about, this part of the Masechta is talking about, which is contributing towards the communal Eruv. So that's what no Sene Ruvo means, that we need everybody to contribute. Um, and that's really the idea. Everyone contributes uh, to uh, the uh, bread uh, which represents the whole, we become like one unit in a family, and everybody contributes something towards that. They contribute a certain amount that represents them and their family, which is not, we're not going to go into the specifics right now. But everybody contributes. Now, the problem is, who's everybody? Um, there's people who are part of a, and, and this really, again, deals with, and again, I'm giving you this background just because I want to get to the next point, but this deals with, there's a presence in this community that there's an issue with, and that is the non-Jew. And this raises a philosophical and halakhic questions about how is it, you know, when we live together with non-Jews in close quarters, what is it that, that is demanded from us? What's interesting here is that Chazal actually want the non-Jew to be a problem. Chazal could really just legislate the non-Jew out of the picture. Who cares? Okay, there's a non-Jew here. He's not part of this. He's not Jewish. He doesn't doesn't have this issue of caring on Shabbos. And the rabbis came up with this idea that you can't carry in a domain that is shared. It was done by actually Shlomo Melech, not just the rabbis. It was done thousands of years ago that the rabbis felt that caring from your private house into an area that is shared by the public, that each they all have the ability to uh, use is considered very close, as Rashi says, it's very close to what a Rishus HaRabim is. It doesn't look like a Rishus HaRabim, but it has elements of Rishus HaRabim in people's minds. So the rabbis were worried about this. Shlomo Melech and his best were worried about this. 
And what they did was they said, you can't carry from your house into the into the public courtyard, even though it's surrounded by a beautiful fence, because everybody uses it. And that, in your brain, means a Rishos HaRabim, although that's not what it is. And maybe you're going to start carrying in the big highway, in the big area, the big marketplace as well. So in order to stop that mistake from happening, they constructed this idea called making an Eruv Echatzeros, where we're all connected. The word Eruv means Mu'urav, that we're all, in Yiddish we say Eingemisht, we're all mixed together, like the word Erev, which is the idea of the day heading towards night, where it isn't as sunny and bright, it seems to be dark that's what Erev means that you're going going into a mixture of dark and night Erev means that you're mixing um, so as we said that we, we we have the idea of a Ruve Chatseros and a non-jew it's problematic they could have legislated him out of it they didn't they actually wanted you to engage with the non-Jew and sort of explain to him this esoteric idea of why you're not caring and what you need him for. And part of it was, we don't expect him to to actually want to, to, to be involved. We actually expect him to be suspicious. And what this is going to lead to is a, a, a solution. You're going to try to work on a solution. And maybe the next time you won't live with non-Jews. That's really what, what's happening here. I know, Sheila, if you recognize this, but that's really... The rabbis did not have to get the non-Jew involved, right? The, the non-Jew is living there. The guy is, you know, you know, he's reading whatever magazines he wants. He's watching whatever shows he wants. He happens to live in a Jewish... He likes living in a Jewish uh, housing complex. Why are we even going over to him and saying... You've got to contribute to, we need you to contribute to this a roof that we have. What the heck is that, right? What do you, in fact, and, and, and well, you know. He By design to make us really uncomfortable and not live there? Right, well, well, actually, he can't contribute either. I mean, I'm sorry, I, I've been misstating this. He can't contribute. He just but, can but, make it impossible for you to have one. That's right. So here we are, we've created this idea. We all are together in this a roof. We're all one family. Uh-oh, what about him? Okay, can he contribute? No. But the fact that he can use this rishus, so what are we supposed to do? So the rabbis say, and maybe Shlomo Melech came up with this takon as well, I am not sure. Be so her rishus. Rent the rishus from him. Rent the rishus from him. What does that mean you're renting the rishus from him? Well, halakhically you're renting it. What does that mean? Well, he has a right to walk in this in this courtyard in this area you're going to rent his ability to walk there from him so you sort of but do you need it don't you have your own ability yeah but you're going to rent his okay and you've got to give him money what is this jew giving me money for the guy you say i need to rent your rishus don't you have rishus to be there yes what are you renting then? You're right. Oh, you mean I'm not going to be able to walk out there? No, you can still walk out there. So what are you getting from me? Um, sort of your rights to be there, but we're going to let you do it anyway. You're taking over? No, no, no. It's not going to mean anything after Shabbos. Nothing means Shabbos to me anyway. What are you trying to do, Jew? So do you understand what I'm, I'm trying to act this out? Yeah, it's trying to make them suspicious enough that they don't want to be with us. Too. That's, that's right. They're saying, what's going on here? I'm not. I'm not doing. I'm not taking any money from you. You got voodoo on this. What? What? What is this? Jew money? What? What? What is going to do? I'm probably going to take this to my house and it's going to explode, right? No, no, it's not going to explode. It's, it's just. It's just regular money. It's just like the money you have in your pocket. You want the money in my pocket now? Is that it? You want to give me money? Then you're going to steal money from me, right? Anyway, I'm just sort of being semi funny here, but that's really what it's about. And and so really, uh, what we're trying to do is sort of like. That this shouldn't happen. In other words, Jews, am right? We live among ourselves. We actually don't want to have non-Jewish neighbors. 
Again, now, you could say, well, this was true then, because look what that non-Jewish neighbor was about. But it's not about being an Ovid Avodazar. It's about being a Nochri. It's about being a non-Jew. Okay. That is what the rabbis had in mind. Now, the the rabbi's reality um, was concurrent with well, what are we supposed to do? I mean, there's going to be a lot of people who won't be able to have Arabs now. They won't be able to have Arab and they won't be able to carry because there's going to be these suspicious Jews, suspicious non-Jews. What are we going to do? So this is what Shmuel came to say. Afil schiro vafil likito. No sine ruvo bedayo. You have an option. If this non-Jew has, let's take a look at Rashi, shel nochri, Im Yisrohu no ruvo im In other words, let's say this non-Jew has people that work for him. He's rich. The guy is rich. Show you a picture here. The non-Jew owns this whole house. He owns this whole house here. Hey, yeah. I got the villa, okay? And who who lives here? Well, Eb works over here. Um, you know, Sam Drucker lives over here, right? Uh, um, Mr. Ziffel lives up here. Um, Uncle Joe lives up here. And um, yeah, I don't know, um, Jerry the dentist lives up here, okay? That's a big mix of different characters from sitcoms in the 60s. But all of these people are guys that live, that work for him. He gives them places to live because he needs them to clean this villa every day. They got to work here. They look at all this beautiful stuff. They've got to, so, you know, and he's like, he lives down over here and he's got all these guys live here. They live in these little rooms. So now, Here's the chotzer, right? Let's say, here's the mavui. So what we can do is knock on Eb's door. We can knock on Eb's window. We can knock on Jerry the dentist's window. He's probably the only Jew there, Jerry helper. We can knock on Jerry's window and say, Jerry, look, you, you work for uh, you work for Bogdan, right? You work for the guy. Yes, I do. And he gives me a place to live over here. Okay. Um in other words, while you're working over here, this is his place that he gives you. This doesn't have to be Jerry's only domicile. But since Bogdan wants to have Jerry, let's say the dentist, he wants to have Jerry the dentist ready to work on his teeth all the time, he gives Jerry a room in his house. Bingo, Shmuel said. Go to Jerry. Jerry will be able to contribute to the Erev, and that'll be good enough. That was a heter that was given. Now, how did Shmuel know that? I'm not exactly sure. Um, what I would say is that, you know, he understood that there must be an option. And that's what he says, that if he's a sochir, Bogdan might need a dentist all year round. The guy's got terrible teeth. He needs to have Jerry Helper over there, his dentist, in his house. Now, Jerry, like I said, might have other places where he lives, but he also has the right to live here, and Bogdan wants him here, and on Shabbos as well. So that's the reason why Jerry can contribute. That was the kula. So that's what you can do. If you have a poor uh, guy who doesn't have a sochir or a locket, right? Rashi tells you the difference between the two. Let's take a look at Rashi. Sochir lavodas kol hashana, like I said, and a lakito. What's a lakito? Liamosa katsir basif. Isn't that beautiful from Rashi? It's such such simple pshat. A lakito is someone like uh, a, a worker that comes in during the harvest season. That's seasonal. A seasonal worker versus a regular employee. That's right. A seasonal employee is also good enough. A lakito. He's only here during the uh, harvest season. He's one of the Cesar Chavez people, right? The people that come in, right? 
the, the United States, the Southwest economy is built on the Lakitos, right? The Lakitos from south of the border, right? <laughs> That's who the Lakitos are. They come in and they do that work that, that nobody else is, is, is willing to do, but they give, they give them a place to stay, right? So those are the Lakitos. So that's good enough. A Lakito can also contribute. That's the Kiddush of Shmuel. Okay? So that's that. Now we've explained what that means. Now let's take a look at this word. Rabbi? Yes. Those uh, renters are Jewish? So, yes, Rashi says, of course, they have to be a Jew. A non Jew cannot contribute to an Arab. Right. Yeah, I got it. So it's got to be a Jew. So like I said, if one of them is a Jew, that's good enough. He can represent everybody, even though he's got this little house that he, this little room that he lives in. As we say, that's good enough. Which is interesting because does does he have the right to, does Jerry have the right to, to go into every room that Bogdan owns or is he limited? It doesn't seem like it makes a difference. As long as Jerry lives in the same house with Bogdan in some way, that's good enough. And that allows him to contribute to the Erev. Okay? So that is the halacha that Shmuel brought to the base, Rabbi Yehuda brought to the base Medrash in the name of Shmuel. Okay? So the word I want to center in is dayo. Sheila, you want to give us a, uh, a, a reason in Pshat why that word is there? What does Vidayo mean? Vidayo. Uh, is, it, is, is it an obvious thing? Is it something that is... You talk, yeah, it's not a trick question. Why? Oh, okay. No, no, I'm saying, does, is that what it means? Is that what it's alluding to? Okay. So, okay, so good, Sheila. I think you're... You're looking at the word dayo like the word vadai, right? That's what you're looking at, at right? But, but Henoch, you know the word dayo is not the word vadai. It's what word is it? Like dayenu. Dayo, dayo is enough. It's enough. Okay, so now, Sheila, what's the answer? The answer is because dayo. It's right, enough. it's sufficient. It's a sufficient uh, amount. Because even though Jerry is only living in one room and he's not really the owner of the house and he's got a he's got his own apartment in New Rochelle with Millie, he's only here with Bogdan because Bogdan's teeth issues, that's enough. That's enough. That represents enough of a of 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 a of a, of a living in this place. Because anyway, he it's it's Bogdan. So in other words, the rabbis gave us an option. That's what Shmuel was teaching us. How did Shmuel know that? I'm not sure. Did he have a tradition going back that this there must be an option out? Maybe. Because otherwise we've got a situation where people aren't going to have an Arif. And where they're going to kick the guy out? They're going to move? That's pretty hard to do. You know, Sheila, we, we talked about, Sheila Henry, we talked about don't live where, with Goyim. How about the Goyim want to live with us? What are you supposed to do? Sorry. You, you can imagine what that would be, right? You ain't a little, sorry, right? Guy comes knocking on the door. I'd like to move in here. No, sorry. Why not? Um, well, uh, you've got to have a, a last name that um, that has uh, five syllables in it. We don't take any Joneses or Smiths. What? This is, that's not going to happen. A, a non-Jew can move in. And once the non-Jew moves in, what are you supposed to do? So there's got to be a way out. You're right. On, on an ultimate level, you don't want to say, hey, let's move in over there. Where, where, let's move up in that Goyesha neighborhood. So, but it also it has a ricochet effect. What about when the non-Jew moves in the Jewish neighborhood? Are we now going to not going to eliminate Erevin? Because we know most non-Jews are not going to rent their Rishos. Right? Right, you're going to find your, you know, you're going to find your your, your non-Jew who, who loves Jews, right? Andrew Cuomo, right? Who who, right? Who, I think he's married to a Jew. I don't know, but like you know, he says, "I believe in the Torah." The Torah says, right? The Torah talks about pikuach nefesh. I think he even used that word. I am. That's the reason why I'm coming and saying what I'm saying. Uh, whether Cuomo was right or not, I mean, I happen to think 
we shouldn't demonize them, but there's going to be non-Jews that are nice people. There's going to be non-Jews that aren't going to be such terrible people. Um, and they're going to come and live with us. Well, what are we supposed to do? The ones that are good good people say, yeah, I'll give the money. Or, I, I'll take your money. I understand it's a religion. But there's going to be other ones that aren't like Andrew Cuomo that are going to say they're not going to take the money. They still want to live over here. So we've got an option. And that's the option is if he happens to have someone who works for him. Now, the person, I, I just want to stress here that the person has got to at least, it can't just be someone, the guy, this is really tricky. It can't be just somebody, the guy who comes in and paints once in a while. He's got to be someone who's really here, right? He's got to at least have some sense of, of Dira within the guy's house. It can't just be someone that the guy, and we'll see, uh, again, we, we, we do stretch this a little bit. But that's the halach of Skiro and Lakito. Okay? Now, Dayo, enough. Now, here comes the tangent. Boy, that's great. How? Malia, Aramaic means like, like, like good. Malia. Let me use another term you might be familiar with. There's Malia de Shabbat, the Gemara talks about. That's Erev Shabbos. It's called Malia, which means going up towards Shabbos. That's what Malia. So Malia means like the word Aliyah, going up. This is so positive, what you just said. Kama Malia ho Shmaita. What is Shmaita? Shmaita means something you hear, like Shema, but it's something you say over. It's a psak. Oh, that's such a great psak. It's so good to know that. So, based on what Kivalevich just did, what I just did, do you understand why Nachman was so happy with it? Look how good it is. There's an Eitzah, right? Uh, Chazal aren't, aren't, aren't um, boxing us in. This is a good psak to know. People need to know this. This is a positive thing. This shows you that you are able to work with Takonas Chazal. That you are there are options out. There are that there's an elasticity. Rav Nachman said. Okay. So now I'm reviewed on Mershmul. Al If you drink a Revius, now we've talked about the amount of Revius before. Is it two point two ounces? Three ounces, chazanishir, four something ounces. Also, we know wine in the time of Chazal was stronger than our wine, right? That's the assumption. And the assumption is based on what we see from from when the Gemara speaks about how you need to um, uh, dilute the wine, how crucial that is, that we see that we talked the wine was a lot stronger, more concentrated again. Whether we'll see in halacha, whether how how much we adapt uh, accept this completely. But if a person drinks a revius wine, al yore, he cannot paskin a shayla. Al yore, do, do not paskin. Al yore, do not paskin. Um, I want to um, indicate something here. One of my favorite issues, which is al which means don't. Um, I'm going to ask both of you for a second. Well, first of all, before I ask you, what's the reason why Yoreh means to give direction, like the word Torah, to give direction? Don't paskin. Why shouldn't... Because your mind isn't clear. Good, Sheila. In other words, wine is good to drink. It's tasty. It it brings the food down. It, It does a lot of... But it also clouds the clarity of your mind to be able to have to see things in the black and white clear perspective you need to be able to paskan a The world of halacha, right, is not necessarily, that seems to be the idea. So don't paskan. Yoreh means to give direction to someone. Now, can you learn Torah if you drink wine? Can you, can you have a, can you have a, uh, a shear 
with your students if they're coming over right at in the middle of the meal and you've just uh, imbibed a little bit of vino can you would you be able to be a teacher in that sense it depends on how much you drink is which it, it depends what you're teaching so just to give a normal shear or give a that's okay right it's specific yeah. it's because even though what you're saying might be um, you know, it might be infected by what's buzzing in your brain, right? That might be what's going on. True, that's that's happening. Something's happening with your brain uh, in that way. But the Torah might still be Torah, right? It still might be interesting. Uh, the students might get a lot out of it. What's so specific about Yoreh? Because what are you doing? You're doing what? You are... Telling, paskening, telling, which is like sock, which is like you're cutting. Hey, that's treif. That's cut. you can eat it. Are you sure? Yes. No wrong. Nothing wrong with the Brussels sprout. There's nothing wrong with the Brussels sprout. I'm telling you. But what about? I found this. You can't see it. You can't see it with the mic. Oh, are you sure that's the sock? Yes. If you can't see it, that's what. If you can't see it without with the with the naked eye. The fact that you put this thing here and you saw it, you can eat those Brussels sprouts. And I, there's a psak from the Rachashulchan or a Ludmacher that says that. And they were asked that in a similar situation. And your situation is very similar. Enjoy your Brussels sprouts. And what's the person going to do? The person's going to take the Brussels sprout and he's going to put it in his mouth and possibly be over. Five lavin! Right? Because the rabbi told him he doesn't have to worry about those type of bugs. Yeah, that's just one example. But that shows you we're talking about, not in learning, we're not talking about a good pshat, we're not talking about, right, we're talking about like I'm doing here, explaining the Gemara, we're talking about will this person have to clap al-chet for eating, of, of, of being over makas five times, or maybe even worse, maybe even something you're chayv kares for, is it chaylev or not, Right? So a psak is very crucial. Are you going to be Machal Shabbos or not? What should we do? So that, you have to have the clarity of black and white. And therefore, don't pask. Let me ask, okay, good. Everybody understands that. Um, this is a Kivalevich type question. And maybe it's, it's completely off. But since it's here, and I, I'm trying to share a little bit with you, I'm not trying to waste time. It's interesting to look at this word, al-yoreh, al-yoreh. It doesn't say lo-yoreh, al-yoreh. In your mind, is there any difference between aleph lamed and lamed aleph? You can, guys can both uh, chime in if you want. Uh, is there any difference between saying al-yoreh or lo-yoreh? Um. Would you say it's exactly the same, just two ways of saying the same thing? I think usually in legalistic poskening, you would use the word al. And low, uh, low is, is more diorisa. And al is more drabonan. Okay, that's interesting. In other words, low would be like low signal, low tirzach. Right. Low is low is used for prohibition for a prohibition from the Torah. Al, since it's it's not really a it's not really usher to do from the Torah, therefore we use al, which implies sort of a rabbinic type. Right. Of thing. Very good, very good. What would you say, it was Sheila? So, I like. I would vote for Chena. I think that's a great <laughs> idea. But I, I would al also things like on, like concerning. It, it, that's how it. You know, my mind. It, okay. Like, so she was doing something else. She was saying that there's two ways to say don't do something, right? One way is low. And in Yiddish, we have a we have a um, we have a, uh, a a saying. This is loy metanalif, meaning don't do it. And you put an aleph there with an exclamation point. Loy metanalif, as opposed to low with a vav, which means to you, right? So or to him. So low with an aleph means definitely not. Right, al means it's bad for you. Right, please don't do it. Right, Torah says, you know, al like we say, al tashli chay nila no. 
Yeah, yeah we, 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 we don't tell God, don't. We say, please. It's right? kind of like, yeah, please don't. Right. So Al is more like a, a pleading with the person, right? Right. And Al is, right? Like Al is more than low. Like it, it's less, it's less and more. It's saying, this isn't good for you. It's like God is saying, Al Tifnu El Ovot. Don't turn. I know all the nations that you're going to be around are going to be involved with Avodah and ancestor worship. Don't do it. I'm telling you, it's going to end up giving you heartbreak. Al. Whereas the low is saying, listen, I, I don't want to hear any questions about it. So sometimes God relates to us with low, sometimes with al. They both mean don't. But one implies the danger and why it's a bad thing. And I think that might be why he uses, what Hanukkah says is, 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 is definitely a valid aspect. I, I, I was going for, I think, where Sheila was going here, that it's not a good thing to do. Were you over an Easter by doing it? No, but don't do it. You're just gonna it's just gonna be trouble. Because when your mind clears up, you're gonna say, Did I tell him he could eat those Brussels sprouts? That those bugs I forgot that there was a a, 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 a psak from Rav Moshe that came out that said clearly there's a problem and, and I forgot about that. Or there's a difference between the type of bugs that Rahashulkam was talking about and, and this. And you didn't see that. And now, what are you going to do? Run to the guy's house and make him throw up? You can't do that anymore. So that's the thing. Al yore. It's not a good thing. Don't do it. Chazal are really against it. And we're trying to tell you why it's something that's negative. Okay. I think all of that is important because look at Rav Nachman, what Rav Nachman says. Amar Rav Nachman, lo mal And now we see the tangent. Rav Nachman loved the first psaq because it gave, it showed Chazal's elasticity. It showed that Shmuel knew that Shoma Melech's Takana had an option out, especially in a situation where a non-Jew moves in afterwards. This one I don't like. It's not such a positive one. Lo malya hashmaita. Deha, because the proof is ano. Ano is Aramaic for I. Kol kama delo shatina revita de chamra. Kol kama, meaning till I get kamus, till I get this amount. Kol delo shatina revita de chamra, that I don't drink a revit of wine. Chamra is wine. Um, you can see that Shmuel originally said it in Hebrew, Shota Reviat Yayin, right, which is the Hebrew psak. Nachman speaking Aramaic says, Kokama, that's Hebrew. Deloy Shatina, this is like him speaking Aramaic. Deloy Shatina Reviata Dachamra, that I don't drink a couple of ounces, let's say two, three ounces of wine. Lo Tzila Daita Oi. Lo tzila daitoi. So das, that's you see the word das. And tzila, although tzeo is a shadow, here it actually means the opposite of a shadow. It's like tzalul, that it's actually clear, right? Tzalul means to be clear. Why the word tzalul means clear? Sometimes tzalul koferet b'mayim adirim, which means it goes into the deep, shadowy depths, right? But somehow, tseo, tzila, is the word for clarity. So tzila, maybe because it's the opposite, I'm not sure, but sometimes opposites, you know, know, in in languages can mean the opposite of something. But tzila, daitoi, my mind is not clear until I have the drink. So how can, so therefore, I am, now, what does that mean? Rav Nachman said he actually waited. In other words, he would not paskin until he did drink. It was the opposite. So what was he trying to imply, you think, Rav Nachman? What do you think he was trying to imply? He was so stressed out, maybe he needed a... (laughs) (laughs) Okay, was he saying that 
this psaac should be taken out of the books? Or was he saying every individual is different? What was he trying to say? Maybe he was trying to say that it's different for different people. So in other words, the first one is great. It works for everybody. Find the Jerry Helper, knock on the door. It's great. This one might be true for 80% of the populace, but it shouldn't be the type of thing that people should hear about because there's going to be other people that drink doesn't affect in the same way. And there might be people like me that the drink does the opposite effect. And therefore... This uh, and Nachman himself, it sounds like he would have poskened even though he drank. In fact, maybe he would say, "Wait, you want to know about those Brussels sprouts? You want about what? One second, hang on." Uh, Yalta, I think that was his wife, right? Yalta, get, get me the liquor cabinet, please. Go get me the wine. I need to drink. Uh, get me. Go get some wine for me. I need to drink. I some know liquor. some teachers that could use. <laughs> There was a very famous teacher, I don't want to say his name, one of the greatest Rabbonim and Talmud HaChachamim, who was a Rebbe in the United States. Uh, He did his great teaching in the 50s and 60s, uh, and maybe even into the 70s as well. Uh, And he was drunk almost every shear that he gave. He uh, he was a Holocaust survivor, and he was also someone that lost a child in a very very difficult situation. I know. And I ha- I have I believe some of his farim, his his chidushim were brilliant, but the talmidim told me people who were talmidim told me they smelled the booze on his breath every single day. Never, no, never. No, no, no. So so again. So this is the Mina Club. Maybe again, maybe. You know, there's some medications that work the opposite way. Like for ADHD, they'll give a like a like a stimulant that acts as a depressant for a child, and yet in an adult it would be a stimulant. You know, it's it works differently for different people sometimes. So maybe right. So Rav not and so now the owl is actually a little bit very very good now, right? You're right. Because, because, because Rav Nachman is saying, look, I know what Shmuel said. Rav Nachman had the biggest covet for Shmuel and for Rav Yehuda. But he said, this one, you know, can be interpreted as nobody would do it. And I, I, I think that that uh, we should take that off the table. We should we should uh, let people understand. Are you think about yourself? Are you clear in your mind or not? And, and you would need to be trusted. If you're a posik already, you need to have uh, enough self awareness about is your mind clear or not to give up sock there shouldn't be just this arbitrary you drank wine no posking for you that 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 is to him too rigid and that's what Rav Nachman was saying now <laughs> Rav Nachman's Talmud is the king of Shas Rova let's see what Rova says Amrle Rova Rova said to him my time Amar why did you say this? Why did you go and tell everybody you don't like this psaac? I know how much you hold of Shmuel, and, and you're not a ne- you're not an anti-Rav Yehuda person. Why did you go and tell people that this was not a good psaac, or this is something that you don't think is that good? And Rava quotes Abba Barchanina, Acha Barchanina. Who's clearly earlier? We can look him up. I would, you know, if I if this would be my 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 my, my complete thesis, if this would I'd be working on completely, I, I would say, well, who's Achabar Hanina? Why is Rav quoting Achabar Hanina? But okay, Achabar Hanina made a good drosha. Let's see what the drosh is. My dechsev. So here's a pasuk out of Mishle. You can see it here on the side. Ish oev chachma yisamach aviv. Right. If there's a person, a man or even a woman in certain senses, uh, that loves Chochmah, his father's happy about that, right? You you love to see your kids with Chochmah. But Roa's note, if someone is a shepherd, so to speak, of, 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 of harlots, of harlots, right? What's the din? Yabedon. He'll lose, he'll lose all his wealth. So you have one kid who's living the, Torah, the wisdom life. Father's happy. 
Then you have the, uh, and even the father has to support him, but he's so happy. Then you have the other kid who maybe has money and made money, but all of a sudden he gets, uh, he gets into this habit of just having all these various harlots that he's around with. He has all these women that are part of his harem. He'll lose all. Are we saying he's a pimp? It's not that he's frequenting them. He's, he, this is his way of, of making money. We look at it as a pimp. I am. I don't believe they had pimps in those days. I think what this was was someone who kept a bunch of whores under his thing. He had his stable. He had a stable of his whores, right? I don't know if they lived with him, but he used them. And because of that, he's going to lose all his money because he's going to have to, you know, he's going to have to pay for the sexual favors, and he'll lose all his money. Now, you think about that pusik. It's sort of like, do I need Shlomo Melech to tell me that? Do I need Shlomo Melech to tell me that a Roazonot is going to end up, you know, right? right? Obviously, that ain't a good life to live. There must be another message here. Can't be the Shlomo Melech. I mean, he talked about the contrast. Right? Those two are like total opposites, right? Here's the guy, here's the kid who loves to learn, is reading scientific uh, magazines, he's reading, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, practical mechanics, he's reading, he's reading uh, Hidushim, he, he, he's reading, he has a lot of uh, uh, puzzles and stuff. Oh, I love that kid. Oh, look at this one. This one, all he can think about is the next whore he's going to visit. Okay, thank you. Shlomo Melech, I need you to say that. So Rav Acha says, you know what it really means? We're going to make a drash on that Pasuk. There's another message here. You know what Roa Zonot means? We're going to take a, make that word compound. And we're going to say Zonot means, is a compound word to Zuna'a. Roa Zonot, a guy who has a whole stable of things I like and things that are good and not so good. Koha Omer Shmua Zu Noah Vizu Eno Noah Maabed Fona Shaltora. So you can't pick and choose your Torah. You have to learn everything and appreciate everything. Yeah, what you said second is the way I would say it. Read the words here, Sheila. Koha Omer. If this is what you say, right. words, I got it. you have words, to appreciate everything. Look, you can keep your opinion to yourself. Rav Nachman obviously um, knew that if he drank wine, he could be a better posik. But the problem was Rav Nachman was had a little bit of hubris in saying, there's a lot of things that Shmuel has said and Yehuda has given us, and this one is a good one. This one I would have not put into the hopper. I would have... I wouldn't have made this uh, well known. I, mean, I don't deny the fact that Yehuda had a tradition that Shmuel said it, but it's not such a great one. I'm ranking my things, and better it had not been said. So basically, what, what is that person doing? What that person is doing is um, acting, like Rav Nachman was, was sort of acting in a way where he was saying, this is good, this is not so good, and, and, and developing an almost, like I said, a... a, a, a all right, isn't that? Forgive me, I didn't mean to interrupt. Isn't that what, um, like, basically, like all the newest movements in the world are about? What you want, and not going with what Hazal set up. In a sense, I mean, it's like you can't just pick and choose. You can't just say this is good. This it's all good. Uh, okay, me and you are disagreeing here. Um, you are very tamimistic, Sheila, and I appreciate that. I, I, I think. And that's what I'm not sure about. It's possible that what Rav Nachman was, uh, the, the issue with it, Rav had was um, speaking it. Now, he he had a right to maybe go to the base Medrash and, and discuss with others, but it was the type of pronouncements that come from a sense of, of, of hierarchy. Uh, and you're right, there's a certain amount of respect that he needed to have, which he was showing a lack of respect. 
but it's almost natural. I mean, your name is Rav Nachman. You are Rav Nachman. You are the God of Ador. Well, you, no, he's, you, yeah, I'm not being disrespectful. No, no, so no, I said you have the right in your mind to think about which is, which is, which is a triple using baseball metaphors, because we we're talking about baseball before with Henoch. There's a triple, a double, a single. There's a home run Dvartora as well. And it's not wrong to, to decide in your mind, which one is the home run and which is the single and which is the bunt. Right, but it's because he represents, people can misinterpret it because he said it. If he says something like that, it would be misinterpreted more than just the average guy saying, wow, I like this part. Yes, now you're being firmer than me on this as well. It, it isn't so much that people are going to learn from Rav Nachman to be dismissive. It's that Rav Nachman's utterance of it shows a, a a a a haughtiness and a dismissiveness that, although it's natural to think that way, oh, if you, you if you <laughs> if you say it, what you're doing is you're you you are uh, uh, putting to yourself you're giving to yourself this type of I'm the judge, and therefore now you are a judge, but when you tell people this, when you go to the base medrash and you say it. That's a problem. A rabbi, rabbi, yes. isn't it? This, isn't this this piece from Kahelis brought down? Oh, hey, Chachma. It's juxta the the good part uh, that the man sees his son learning is juxtaposed to the to the harem the same way that Rav Nachman likes one interpretation. Of, of the shot of uh, of right. uh, perfect uh, and and doesn't like right. the second part perfect that's exactly where I was going Hannah now the the pasuk is beautiful you have one type of person I love chachma okay it's not what I'm about but I love it I, I'm always chachma wait one second when you drink wine that's not what happens yeah but you know what I like the idea that this pasuk was there I understand it. I'm not, I love it, and therefore I don't rate it. I don't rank it. I'm happy, right? That's where you have an Ava of Chochmah. When you row a Zonot, when you say, this is the way I rank them, then clearly you don't have an overwhelming Ava for everything, right? It's, 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 it's what makes sense to you. It's what works. You don't have that type of enthusiasm that gives simcha to God. In other words, if the aviv is God in this pasuk, God loves it when we just love the differences. We love this thing, even though it doesn't show jive with you. I love it. It's great. I, 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 and that's that's an attitude that that will actually help you. you Some will say, well, you just love everything, but aren't you thinking? Yes, I'm thinking, but I'm not going to impose my feelings here and my intellectual sense of, where things are ranked, God actually loves the other thing, and and when you when you impose your intellectual rankings on things, what happens is you abate hone, you lose even the, the you lose you lose even what you have, and 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 let me just show you what Rashi says a very powerful statement. Look at Rashi here. Kvoda Torah, you lose. The uh, the kavod that you have, in other words, that's the hon kavodashol Torah. Because that's besides the information, you are a person who honors and 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 appreciates this. Rashi tells us that the end will be if this is your attitude, you're going to forget the Torah itself. In other words, even what you have, you're going to forget the hon. Because it, it isn't it isn't this pure Ava Torah anymore. It isn't just this pure enthusiastic thing that you love, despite the intellectual power that you have behind it. So it becomes something that is like all types of knowledge that this this with age and other things gets out of your brain and you lose it. So what's incredible is what Rav Nachman says after Rava tells us. I mean, Rava had a lot of a lot of courage to tell his Rebbe this. He, and he said, right, so what did he do afterwards? Amarle Hadrebi. 
Hadrebi, which means, like the word Hadron, I'm Choser. I go back. Hadrebi. Now, Sheila, you learned this yesterday in the Daf. How did you understand this? What did he mean, I'm Choser? What did he mean, I'm Choser? I, oh, I, I'm like repenting. I'm, I regret what I said. So now I think it's good that people should hear this psaac about, about, about a Revius Yayan? Right, he's recanting in a sense. So now he's saying, even though, what about what he said about his own mind? Now, now we say, go, you know what, I want everybody to know about this psaac. Go and right. spread it. Right, it's applicable to him, but maybe not to everyone. So you can't just make a rule that's not applicable to everybody. So Hadri B means according to you, a limited Hadri B. In other words, okay, what I said before, that this is not such a great Shmua, I take it back. Everybody, listen to this Shmua now. If you drink, don't paskin. If you drink a Revius, don't paskin. Or is Hadri B meaning, I'm going to stop doing this. I'm going to stop having... Maybe he's going to not do it anymore, even though he thinks it's good for him. No, no, but he's not going to stop he's going to stop his hierarchy he's going to stop grading and grading stuff right right it's like this he's trying to do chuva for the whole okay but he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna lose that attitude that which is a natural attitude to have look i i talk to people all the time and we say who's bigger was rav unterman bigger was rav was rav goren bigger right we talk about chief rabbis yeah. right we it's, it's almost natural when for that to happen Right, true, but you don't have to say it. Yeah, <laughs> but it's the but, but that's but that's what you want to that's what you want to talk about, right? Right, right, right. but you don't. Right. You, you, that is that what you want? To, like, like, oh, I love that guy Safer. Yeah, yeah. I, I, no, you know, to me, the Ragged Trevor was a lot clearer than Rechaim. Oh no, I love Rechaim more. Right? Isn't that zuno no no no? Isn't that like natural to do that? But Hadribi, Sir Nachman is going to stop that, and now. Based on this, I'm going to tell you why the Gemara spends the next, and we'll talk about this tomorrow, why the Gemara then spends the next sort of, gets off tangent and says, you know what, we're going to talk about this psaac, we're going to talk about this thing about drinking of the Revius, and we're going to give you a whole page here, all the way down to where, (laughs) right? We're going to go all the way down to... um, all the way down, and it actually goes into today's daf. It goes all the way up, right? So, right. Ba- talk about, you know, talk. We have this thing that that Hadri B. In other words, that's why it's a great introduction to right. the next piece of the Gemara. In other words, it, it actually, oh boy, Hadri B. Right. We are now going to take that that tangential statement, which has nothing to do with this Masechta at all. And it's now going to become a separate subject. And this is going to be the place in Shas where this these halachas come out of in terms of drinking and poskening and, and right. wine, et cetera, and stuff like that. Okay. So, Excellent. Thank you. So, Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.